everybody. This is pop culture critic John Tatey welcoming you back to Pop Mom, the smash hit podcast where culture <laughs> is relative. Yes, it's time again for my mom, Bonnie Tatey, to share her view of pop culture, small town life, and the riddles of human nature. On this episode, Mom reviews the NBC comedy series AP Bio. Let's bring Mom in now. Hi, Mom. Hi, Johnny. I have a question for you. Can I ask you a question? Please. Yesterday, when I was walking through the bedroom downstairs, um, Toast was sitting on a table looking out the window. Uh-huh. And toast I your cat. Past, toast my cat. Yeah, yeah, not actual Toast. Not toast. <laughs> and I said to him, are you looking out the window? And I think, you know, people think their their animals understand them and whatnot. And Toast must think I am just a total idiot to ask him a question like that when he's obviously sitting on the table looking out the window. Yes. And I just think, how many stupid things do I say to him? People say, probably a lot, lot, right? Because I don't really know what he would be interested in. (laughs) So I was just thinking about that, you know, that I just really don't know what to say to him. People say they talk to their animals, but I don't really know what to say to him. I thought he would admire me when I was catching mice in the kitchen, you know, with the traps, but... He wasn't the least bit impressed with that. So I'm just not sure how to relate to him. Well, you know, he if it's any consolation, he probably thinks the same thing. You know, there's probably evenings where he's settling down to sleep and he thinks, meow, why did I say that? That's I'm glad they don't understand me. I can't believe I said meow. What a dumb Really? You think you think they think that? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. They're All right. uh, they're very uh, reflective animals. Well, then I'm not going to be so self-conscious because he doesn't answer me. So No, but just know. think of all the times he's put his foot in his mouth without you knowing it. So you're even. All right. There you go. So. Yes. So I went to the post office today. I have to tell you this. Yes. Yeah. Okay, good. I went to the post office today. We have a very sweet, quaint little post office it's run by a man a very mm-hmm. he's large you know he's not fat he's but he's a big guy yeah and uh outside right outside the window there's a plastic container that's usually always full of dum dum lollipops and midgies you know the little tootsie roll there's things. a outside so, there's a plastic container full of candy yes just right outside the window okay of the post office. Uh-huh. So today I go in and the woman, the, the woman in, that's in there, she's the, the trustee of the cemetery funds. And she is in there. She took about eight Tootsie Rolls out. Now, I don't really know who puts that candy in there. I find it hard to believe that the postmaster puts the in there. Right. It's just not his style. And it was done before he came. I see. So So it's just the post office fairy putting candy in there. Right. She only travels to the choicest, quaintest post offices. (laughs) Boy, that was a tricky sentence to get out of my mouth. Go ahead. Well, so here she is rooting around. She takes like eight midges out. Eight. And I said to 
Yeah. Oh, you said something to her? Okay, good. This should be good. I did. I said, are you taking all of those? <laughs> now, I don't fill this candy thing. But, you know, the, the idea of it is, I think, take a little sweet if you feel the need. Of course. Of course. Not take eight things out of it. No. Which you obviously aren't filling it up with. And I, she, I, so I said to her, are you taking all of those? And she said... Well, yes. She said it's my afternoon energy or some bullshit. And then she just kind of looked at me and I I just looked right back at her and I thought, how ignorant. That was the end of the conflict, though? Well, I think she really wanted to say something, but she didn't know what to say. <laughs> Unfortunately, because it could have been pretty interesting. This is my afternoon energy. So does she go in there every day, you think? Well, apparently she does, because we have to go pick up our mail every day. Well, this is good, but I was expecting more of a fight. So was I. <laughs> and I was ready. I know. Although it wouldn't be my fight to have. So now I really have to find out who puts those candies in there. Oh, so you can be righteous on their behalf? Yes. <laughs> you know, it's not just that she grabbed a bunch of stuff. It's that she was picking through for the ones that right. she wants. That somehow makes it even more galling. I don't know why, but it does, doesn't it? I Yes, I agree. She's It's like she's picking out all the best. Yeah, that's right. Although the Tootsie Rolls, I don't know. You can have them. That is not the point. Well, That is not the point. And as Dad says, it's better for me to be having a fight with somebody else rather than him than the postmaster you mean no oh with dad. <laughs> then dad yeah yeah he's happy for you to get your energy out elsewhere is that what he's saying correct yeah. yes yeah well you don't want to have a fight with the postmaster because he might spit in your mail <laughs> he's a very nice guy he's a very nice guy and you know if he is the one that's putting the candy in there i'm sure he doesn't care i'm sure yeah and really, you know, I never take anything out of that container. Oh, so. really? Yeah, I don't. Never? I have better stuff here at home. Mm, okay. Not didn't answer my question, but okay. Uh, never. Right, never. I would I would put some of my stuff in there. Oh, oh you add to the pot yourself? Well, I do when I get something and then I'm tired of it. <laughs> wow. Yeah. You're playing pretty fast and loose with the candy <laughs> pot yourself, Mom, I have to say. I know. I know. I know. But, you know, sometimes you just get sick of something. That so, you, or you thought you liked blah, 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 and, you you know, you don't. If you have something that you're not willing to throw out on the lawn for the crows, you will put it in the candy bucket for the citizens of Wilmot to enjoy. Is that what you're saying? I don't feed the crows candy. They just get cake and crackers and such. Let them eat cake and crackers. That's right. But what I'm trying to really figure out is what is our neighbor feeding those hundreds of ducks? What is she feeding them? I saw her out in her yard yesterday with a big white box, but I couldn't see what she was dumping out of it. A big white box, huh? Cornflakes? No, no. It was like a like a, a cake box, sort of, like oh. that shape. Cake? I don't think so. Well, 
she feeds them every day. So, you know, we don't have a bakery around here. What could she be feeding them? It's so gauche to be feeding all those ducks anyway. Better to feed the crows. I love the crows. I love the crows. More than a duck? Oh, those ducks, they poop all over. I just, I just can't imagine. No, and I hate it when the Canada geese come back and they think they own the backyard. They're just out there strutting and then you go out and chew them away and they turn around and they say, ha, ha, at you. And they just look like snakes on bodies. I hate them. <laughs> snakes on bodies? Oh, wow. Okay, so um, the bird ranking then, as I understand it, is crows at the top, <laughs> then ducks, then geese at the bottom. Is that right? That's right. <laughs> okay. That's right. Yeah, those geese, uh, the goose poops are the worst. Uh, I bet you, how did you deal with it when you worked at the golf club? Um, they just had a guy go around with a shotgun. <laughs> no, that's not true. That's not true. But you know what they would do? They would sometimes, um, like get a, a dog out there or something. Yeah. Chase them. Right. Well, dad called fish and game and they said that he could shoot them with a paint gun. So then there'll be colorful nuisances. <laughs> yeah. But. Uh, and or that he could get an air horn. Now, can you imagine how popular oh, we'd yeah. be? <laughs> he was out there in the morning blowing an air horn. Yeah, after years of complaining about the neighbors mowing their lawn at 7 p.m. That's right. We're out there with the air horn. So anyway, such is life in, in a little town. We voted yesterday. There was no uncontested races. And I have to say, the bakery table looked pretty meager also. <laughs> the bakery table. Right, I forgot. And that's raising funds for what? I'm not sh- I think it's the library, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I think it's a library. Yeah. Uh, were there some uh, exciting races? No, no, there was not one contested race. Everybody, everybody was running. The only, the only... You know, revenge you had was not to vote for somebody. Oh, yeah. Did you exact revenge on anyone? I did. <laughs> Do you care to share who? Uh, the town sheriff? No, the town clerk. Oh, the town clerk. Ooh, a very yeah, powerful I person. Liked, I liked the old town clerk that we had. I thought she was very down to earth. And, you know, she had kind of a funny sense of humor. I liked her a lot. But they sort of uh, squeezed her out. Hey, uh, we tried to go to IHOP last weekend, as you know. I love IHOP, yeah. So this is a story for the listeners. Mom already knows the story. But we tried to go to IHOP, went to a different restaurant, had a wonderful time. Uh, The name of the restaurant, in fact, was uh, (laughs) uh, Baker's Square. That's right. I kept, I kept calling it Baker's Market, and Anna was getting kind of annoyed with me. Um, but a couple times I called it Baker's Market. She just thought I was a dumbass. But it's Baker's Square, very IHOP-like. IHOP was just packed, but we didn't get to go to IHOP. And Leo didn't care. Eve didn't care. Everybody had a good time. But I uh, got home and uh, did some FaceTime. Did the FaceTime with mom and dad, and I got the kids there. And we were talking about IHOP. And mom, what happened to you the last time you were at IHOP? Well, the last time I was at IHOP, 
there were two people in the booth next to us having sex. <laughs> now, is this true? Well, you know, I could only see, like, from the shoulders down. Uh-huh. But um, if they weren't, they were pretty darn close. <laughs> okay. They uh, were pretty darn close. You were witness to, yeah. to certain gyrations that were convincing. Yes. Very uncomfortable. Okay. So I'm on the FaceTime with mom, and she says, this is out of the blue, with no prompting. She says, oh, the last time I was at IHOP, the people were having sex in the next booth. And immediately after she says that, Leo says from the other side of the room, I want to go to IHOP. Now, I'm sorry, I really don't, I'm going to, I try to keep the cute kid stories to a minimum here on the podcast, but oh my, I almost pissed myself laughing at that one. <laughs> the timing, the timing was amazing. Because <laughs> I don't think he was really reacting to what I said. No, he hadn't really been listening, you know, but he just heard IHOP. And I, IHOP. I'm sure that morning I had said, you know, we were about to go a half dozen times. Let's go to IHOP. We're gonna, he's never been there. Right. Not that it's like Shangri-La, right. but it's just like you you say anything to entice them to get moving along. Right. Um, right. So, yes, I was playing IHOP up as this exciting destination. And I guess it just popped back into his head at that particular moment uh, as we were talking about it. But. Uh, yes. So now we got to share both Leo's story and your uh, your weird IHOP sex story. Have you been? At, you haven't been back to IHOP since. I have not because when I spoke to the manager, he said to me, "Oh, well, yeah, really. Um, so there's really nothing I can. Uh, that's too bad." He didn't offer you a coupon or something. Nothing. One free sex show the next time you come to IHOP. Right, that's right. In Manchester, New Hampshire. Okay, so now you know. Avoid that IHOP. Avoid that one. Or, yeah. if you're feeling frisky, try that IHOP. <laughs> or if you want to ruin someone else's breakfast or lunch. Yeah. Because really, it was very unpleasant. Hmm. You know, for some people, that uh, being out in public is their thing. But it sounds like these people were probably just drunk. Really? I mean, like, in... In the middle of public is their thing? Well, yeah. I mean, if you're not in the middle of public, you're in private, which kind of defeats the purpose, right? Well, I mean, I could see, like, in a department store changing room. <laughs> oh, really? I would call that public. I see. Um, are you drawing for personal experience here? <laughs> you just came up well, with that I'm example gonna, real I fast. I can't tell you. Yeah, that's true. Please don't tell me. But that's what I would consider public. <laughs> what what do you consider public? I mean, uh, do you think the corner booth at the IHOP? No. <laughs> no, I mean you could get arrested for that. Yeah, you could. I hope. I'm just saying yeah. some people, you know, that's how they get their rocks off. It's a really? wild world out there, mom, and I'm just trying to expose you to it a little bit. Well, you know, you have exposed me to things that I didn't know existed, but we don't need to revisit all those, even though they're all very vivid in my mind. But Well, now you're just making me sound like I was kind of kidding around, but you're, now you're just making me sound like a bad person. No, no, no. It's all an education. 
Okay. Well, we have to move on. This is just okay. <laughs> hey, we got to we got to hit on a couple comments from Twitter. First of all, people are asking when I'm going to circle back and talk about the end of Russian Doll. I have not forgotten. Just have not had time to uh, knock off the last three episodes of that. But we will. We have not forgotten. We will come back to the end of uh, Russian Doll because many of you were outraged at Mom's uh, really just bad opinion on that one. <laughs> nobody was outraged. Um, and we were also they? got a tweet from – no, nobody was outraged. We also got okay. a tweet from uh, Greg N. Uh, who, after our conversation about crossing the streams of friendship on our last podcast and, and um, an awkward night that I had crossing the streams of friendship, uh, two different friend groups colliding, he wrote, you got me nervous. He said, I'm crossing the streams of friendship this weekend at a board game night. Mm-hmm. Now, that was last week. So, Greg, let us know how it went. We really want to yeah. know. Maybe because there was a specific activity, it went well. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, maybe. I don't know. Maybe, yeah. I mean, board game is good, but you're also, I, don't, it's, I feel like it's fraught with peril, too. Because you could get into a situation, I feel like, where maybe one uh, one friend group is a little more into board games than the other. Yeah. You know, or they know yeah. the rules a little better, so they kind of take yeah. over the game, whether, you know, they mean to or not. I feel like right. Greg had a lot to juggle there, and I feel for him. Well, and the other thing, you know, is it a is it a drinking board game? And mm. these people are hardcore board game. They they want their wits about them. I mean, I could see it being trouble from different views. Yeah, yeah, agreed. So I hope it went well for him. That's though. right. We hope it went well for you, Greg. And please uh, hit us up on the Twitter or email, however you want to reach us. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, after we talked about that, I thought about how I was sort of friends with two different groups in high school, and but it was it was just more nerve-wracking than it was good. You know, who do you, who do you sit with at lunch? And everyone took that personally, and then you go back to the old table, and it's like, well, who the hell are you, yep. and why are you back here? And <laughs> uh, It's just too hard. It's too hard. It is. Social life, it's just difficult all around. Uh, speaking of school, it's been a running theme on the podcast lately, right? We talked about Pen15 a couple of weeks back. Uh, yeah. And uh, we're going to talk week. about... No, I think last week was Michael Cohen. Oh, that's right. Yep. Try to keep up, Mom. It's your podcast, too. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, so should we talk about AP Bio? Yes, we should. Okay. AP Bio just began its second season on NBC as Glenn Howerton, you might know him from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, continues in his role as the public school system's least qualified biology teacher. On this sitcom, Howerton plays Jack Griffin, a disgraced philosophy professor who was chased from his job at Harvard all the way back to his hometown of Toledo. There he presides over a classroom of kids whom he has no interest in teaching. Filling out the cast of characters are a clique of bubbly teachers who make fitful attempts to draw Jack into the Toledo social scene, and the ridiculously energetic principal and receptionist who occupy the school's main office. And of course, there's also the kids! The wacky kids. Here's a clip. Oh, 
Well, good morning, beautiful songbird. You sound just like the loon that visited our lighthouse. Oh, yeah? He died last summer. We're pretty sure that a power line got him. We found, like, a basket of ribs, like a chard. Helen, Helen, Helen. So, get this, I'm finally leaving Toledo. Yeah, I'm free. What? You've only been here three little months. Yeah, I know. Oh, I once took a nap longer than that. Of course, I had just slammed into the straight side of a water ski ramp. Uh-huh. My eyes were open. I was talking, but I was dead. As I was saying, um, yeah, I'm, I'm out of here. I'm gonna go head the Stanford Philosophy Department. Hey, not too shabby, <laughs> I huh? know. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say you're going to greener pastures, but California is on fire. Okay. <laughs> AP Bio airs Thursdays at 8.30, 7.30 Central. Consult your local listings for the broadcast schedule in your area. Mom, does AP Bio make your grade? Uh, well, yes. Yes, it does. This, this is a really, I, I really thought I was not going to like this because it seemed like a stupid idea. You know, here's, here's like the anti-Mr. Cotter Coming into the classroom, he's not going to teach them, and he's a slob. And but this cast is really strong, I think. It is and funny. You just it's it's good writing, good acting. That that school secretary Paula Pell as yes Helen cracks me up. She's great. That's who you heard in the clip. Yeah. Uh, She's fantastic. I think she, I don't know if they expected her to play as much of a role as she uh, eventually did. They seemed to feature her more as the season went on, uh, just because she became this person that they could put the funniest lines in her mouth. Um, Oh, Lord, is she funny. (laughs) Now, she's a writer, or was a writer, and may still be, for Saturday Night Live. Oh, that would make sense, because this... um, this show was created by Mike O'Brien, who's very plugged in to, um, among others, I should say. But uh, he's listed as, as the creator of the show, and he's very plugged into that SNL oh. uh, group. Well, and isn't Lauren Michaels like a producer or yes. whatever? Yes, Yeah. exactly. Okay. So, anyway, this is a, he comes in, he's kind of a bleh. And he's coming in to teach AP biology where all these kids are so motivated and so smart. Yeah. <laughs> so smart. And they all have their little quirks, but they're not, they're not overplayed. And they're just, That's right. they slide in and out like a, like a flowing little creek. And it's, it's seamless, I think. It's a great observation, Mom, because some of the adults, most of the adults are over the top. Right. I mean, we talked right. about um, Paula Palace Helen, the receptionist. I think she's paired really well with Patton Oswalt as the principal, <laughs> yeah. Principal Durbin. Like those two are really funny together. And they're both, you know, they're both played a little over the top, not crazy zany, but a little over the top. Helen, right. uh, maybe a little more so than the others. And then there's these the three teachers that I talked about who I just love them. Um, love them. They really play off each other uh, so nicely. Let me. Um, Tee them up. It's Lyric Lewis, Mary Sohn, and Jean Villapique. Ooh, what a name. Um, play Ooh. these three teachers. Uh, and they, to me, not that I've spent so much time in teachers' lounges, um, but they, to me, capture the energy of of a teacher's lounge. Uh, yes. 
where I mean, we often see them in the lounge, but it seems like wherever they are, the dynamic that these three have really makes sense to me. Again, they're funny. They're a little zany, but they're like plussed up versions of what, um, in my experience, really feels like the energy between teachers. And you worked at uh, the middle school for quite a while, so you would know right. as well as anyone. Right. Well, of course, these these on TV, these three gals have a lot more personality. And Of course, uh, of course. Um, but uh, to, I was trying to emphasize your point and I didn't quite get to it, but the, you've got the zany adults and you've got the kids who are funny and they have, yeah. you know, they have funny lines, but they're, they're not quite as amped up as the adults. And it's a good dynamic, I think, because the kids Perfect. then seem real and the kids yeah. become the voice of reason for the show, which is, uh, you know, it's not like that's the first time that's ever been done, but it is a, it's a fun dynamic. It's a fun dynamic, and it's done very well. Um, the essence of them becomes um, Jack wanting to get revenge on Miles, and right um, that becomes their curriculum, basically. That right, Jack's very. So they're all involved in coming up with good ideas on how to get revenge, and sometimes it comes back to bite them, and uh, it's very satisfying. It's very satisfying. That it comes to how everything comes to revenge. I love revenge. You know, I do love revenge and clever revenge is just, I could watch it all day. No doubt. Although I will say maybe my favorite part of the show yeah. is, uh, simply when Jack tells the kids to shut up. It's not only, not only do I laugh every time, but it's like cathartic when he does that. Oh, I just really. Love, it could be a half hour of him telling those kids to shut up, and I would watch every week. Oh. Really? You know what I hate? What? When he throws his apple <laughs> and misses the garbage can. <laughs> I love that. But I does hate that it. trigger your OCD? Yeah, maybe. He has found so many ways to miss that garbage can. He hit it once, right? He hit it once. And it was like an off. It was, it was almost troubling that he had, he had, right, right. had landed in the garbage can. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I love him sneering at the, these kids, but now I just love Glenn Howerton. Um, people may know him, like I said, from it's always sunny. Um, he plays, what is the name of his character? Um, uh, Dennis, of course. And Dennis is maybe the most um, cynical and, practically nihilistic of the of the group and it's not uh i mean these are four of the worst people in the world on this show um but he is maybe the slimiest of them all and some of that comes out on ap bio but they give him a little bit of heart just a dollop in every episode you get a little bit of kindness and you see that he actually does care about the kids and it's just enough not to be sappy but it's also just enough to redeem this character um, and make him lovable in a way that the right. Always Sunny characters abs- quite pointedly are not. Well, the other thing that I find very, very, very amusing is that he lives in his dead mother's house that is a shrine to God, and he's wearing her some of her clothes and especially her bathrobe, um, which all sort of make me laugh. Yeah, yeah. I love his style. I think this is a... Um, this is maybe an obscure point, but I think that the uh, wardrobe on this show is really good because he has this peculiar uh, mixture of 
slob slash athleisure slash professor because <laughs> he, he's always in sweatpants, it seems. Always. But then he wears um, like a knit cardigan on top, right? So he's right. he's like Mr. Academia from the waist up and then Mr. I'm giving up from the waist down. But you know what, Mom? I, I really think it works. I've never <laughs> seen a look quite like that before, but I think he always looks good. Well, I think he pulls it off. But I do like to think that a lot of the stuff he wears is his mother's. Right. I think I, I think you're right to, to uh, imagine that, yeah. Which makes me laugh. The other thing that I have found very interesting that I don't understand, and, and I wrote this down specifically to ask you, mm. is that it seems like there's a lot of turquoise. There's always yes. a lot of yeah. turquoise. I don't know if you noticed that or not. Absolutely. Um, not only is it a... The color scheme is very heavily turquoise and then accented by, you know, like some wood tones, I would say. But it really, mm-hmm. it gives you, you know when you're in the school, I guess. It makes the setting very prominent. And there's more and more of it as you get to the inner sanctum of the school. Like the office, the main office where Principal Durbin is set up, like, is just... It's like a turquoise hell almost, right? Right. Uh, it feels like every surface is covered in it. It's a very effective way, I think, to um, just mm, push a little more of the feeling that you're in the school and make all of the sets feel um, consistent. And even the color is is graded. I'll get a little technical here, but okay. when you see a show like this that where everything seems to have a consistent tinge, right? It's not just that the sets are turquoise. Like, even... Um, even Glenn Howerton's eyes seem to burst with turquoise, right? Right, yes. That's all post-processing. That's a very conscious choice that they've oh. made to bring up these colors in the mix. Um, you know, if they if they calibrated the colors to look like it actually does, it would look very different. Huh. Well, to me, it seems like it's part of the joke, part of the fun, whatever the mm-hmm. shade is seems very fun and happy to me. Yep. It's like, hey, we're supposed to be laughing at this. This color makes me feel happy. I think so. It's cheery. I think if you look at... Cheery. Um, it's not as intense, but if you look at other NBC shows, I don't think this is like a network edict, but it seems to me like The, the Good Place um, is a very saturated. The color grading is very saturated on that show. Um uh, Superstore is that what it's called? The one that takes place in mm-hmm. the Walmart. Yep. Um, yep. That one also um, grades its blues to be very hot, um, very intense on the screen. Well, you watch a lot of shows that I don't watch, but this show is really something that people should make an effort to um, get their own Hulu account and stop using mine <laughs> and watch it yourselves because it's funny. I've never used your Hulu account. Also, you can just watch it on TV. You don't need Hulu. Well, then that, that wouldn't lo- allow me to dig at you. <laughs> well, there's nothing if to I dig. Said, you were using my Hulu account. Don't lie to the listeners. Well, that remains to be seen. Liar. <laughs> I wish I had a boo button on my console here, but I don't. Here. Well, anyway. That's, that's what you get. No, that's loser. That's loser music. Well, that's all I got. Well, I don't want to be a loser. Anyway, AP Bio, it is innovative 
in a way hmm. that will sneak right up on you, I think. Elaborate on that. I just think that it's such a proper mix of humor, a real solid story, great characters with great acting. And I think we're not seeing a lot of this. We're not seeing, I think in particular, we're not seeing a lot of good writing, um, which is really the essence of a show. And this has good writing. Yes, I, I agree. I, you know, there was a stretch uh, somewhere in the middle of the first season where there were two or three episodes that were funny at times, but, um, you know, just like decent, I would say. <clears throat> now, okay. I fell in love with the show pretty early on, so I was, you know, it's not like I was considering dropping it, but right. um, I was worried that maybe it was running out of steam. But then yeah. there's a point uh, at which Mike O'Brien, the creator of the show, um, toward the end of the season where he gets a writing credit on every script, I think, you know, they're about mm. two thirds of the way of the season. Now, I don't know. Writing credits are so dodgy um, with stuff like this. It's hard to tell how much his participation actually was, but I have to assume that he was more involved in those scripts toward the end of the season. And I think that the show really found its um, found its pace and found its yeah. voice completely toward the end of the first season. And I really didn't think the show was going to be renewed. It was, it's really gotten borderline ratings. Um, but oh. I guess what else does NBC have? From what I understand, the demographics on the people who watch it are very good. And that's why NBC um, kept uh. it around. I don't know if it'll make it past this second season. I certainly hope so. But I'm glad it at least had time to find its stride. Well, it not only found its stride, but I think it didn't disappoint um, in the end mm. because you know the tension that you need in a in a comedy came through. In that, you know, you blew the whole year. You didn't teach the kids, but now you have a chance to uh, to be at Stanford. But they're going to judge you on what you've taught the class. So now he. He's scrambling to clean up his act, and uh, it just it 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 was a good ending. Yeah, who's your favorite kid? We haven't talked about the kids very much. Well, I do love the girl with the crazy glasses. It's, everybody says that. Everybody that I've talked to, at least, yes, because she's just hilarious. Yeah, um, and I do like the soft-spoken boy that sits in the front with the curly hair. Marcus. Is that his name? Yeah. I didn't write down any of their names. That's all right. I'll give them the credits right now. Um, the girl with the funny glasses, her name is Heather on the show. She's played by Allison Ashley Arm, AAA. And uh, Marcus is played by Nick Payne. I'm guessing at the pronunciation of your last name, Nick, if you're listening. First of all, we really like you on the show. And second of all, I don't know how to say your last name, and I'm sorry. Um, everybody loves the they give you know they give the choicest um, throwaway lines to Heather, the one with the crazy glasses. So everybody yeah. loves her. And her part, I thought, was very funny in the first season. You know, in that she was catfishing. Is that what that's called? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is that the word? That is the word. Yes. Catfishing. Miles, right? The rival, and yeah. uh, so that that was pretty funny. Um, and how 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 uh, readily she took to 
being a quote unquote bad girl. Right. Yeah. You know, they did uh, give the kids some personal growth, too, which is uh, no small feat because, the, you know, the show's really about Jack and the teachers to a, the other teachers to a somewhat lesser degree. Yeah. And yeah. Um, they, it runs a risk of having the kids be wallpaper, you know, wallpaper that delivers zingers. Right. But yeah. um, the kids personal lives and their growth matters too. This is not like a pen 15 type show where that's the central focus, but they get their yeah. little bits of development. I think that's nicely woven in as well. I just think, I feel like in our conversation, we just keep coming back to the idea or maybe it's just me, but that it's, um, it's a very balanced show. They really balance yeah, the different ele- I, elements of it nicely. The different elephants. <laughs> they balance all the elephants. Each part is really great. Each part yeah. is really great. All right. You got anything else on AP Bio, Mom? Um, I would really highly recommend this. You know, I would try to savor it a little more than I did. I I bombed through all of the episodes, but uh, I think you're not going to find a show like this all the time, and I would savor it a little bit. Stretch it out and really enjoy it. Oh, I'm so glad you enjoyed it, because I wasn't sure. I always am a little concerned when it's something that I already am into. You know, I'd say, right. you know, maybe a little less than half of the stuff is stuff that I already know about, and then the rest is either something you've discovered or something we're usually that we're discovering together, right? Together, right. So I'm always nervous when it's something that I'm already into, and I'm kind of forcing it, forcing it on you. Um, so I'm really glad you enjoyed it as much as I do. Very much. And watch this show, because I don't know how long it's going to last. I'd love... Yeah, keep it going. I'd love for it to keep going. What's your grade for AP Bio, Mom? I'm going to give this an A++. Oh, wow. A double plus. Uh, Double plus, because I think it has everything. Yep. Hmm. Okay. Uh, AP Bio hits the jackpot here on Pop Mom. Mom, what is your recommendation for this week? Uh, well, here I have a quick a quick thing. It's a it's a book. It's called Nietzsche for Crocodiles, and it's all about how to live your life from the swamps of uh, Florida. Come on, aren't you going to laugh? <laughs> I worked very hard on that joke. I'm just letting you run. I'm letting you play it out. I'm not I'm trying not to preempt it. Nietzsche for crocodiles. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Well, now was Look this supposed in your bookstore. Was this supposed to rile me up like uh, bunnies from Japan? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I see. I see. Uh, the the book I I was going to recommend um I really can't recommend because The book was called Made by Stephanie Land, and the story is supposed to be about a woman that works as a maid and how hard it is. And I thought it was going to be a book about uh, somebody that really pulls themselves up and learns from their mistakes and uh, makes makes a new life for themselves, because I do admire a story like that um, in the true sense of it. But what this book really was about is somebody that has made some poor choices and ends up working, cleaning people's homes. It's just, it's just, it's a big pity party on her part. And, you know, how she resents people 
people say to her when she uses her food stamps, you're welcome. And, you know, they're just assholes and not, not, oh, not anything to trouble yourself about. If you need food stamps, you need food stamps. Well, embarrassing, though. Tough. Well, all right. But it's there for, you know, I would have loved to have food stamps when I was just me and Matt and Merrick. I would have loved to have some food stamps. You know, if you need it, you need it. Yeah, yeah. This book was pretty irritating. Okay, so this is like an anti-recommendation. So I would suggest that you not read it. <laughs> okay. Mom recommends not reading uh, this book made by Stephanie Land. Hey, I've got a, uh, I can do a positive recommendation. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, so on your iTunes or your Spotify or what have you, if you look up the Brady Haywood podcast, that's H-E-Y, Brady Haywood, uh, he did this five-part series about Apollo 13. Now, this being 2019, oh. the 50th anniversary of Apollo 11, you're going to hear a lot about Neil Armstrong and such this year, and that's great. I love Apollo 11, but I I find Apollo 13 very inspiring because it it was this seemingly impossible problem that um, we solved with science and determination and oh. calm and just all the values that um, makes me proud of the history of the American space program, just the ingenuity and dedication on display in this story. Everybody knows it from the Tom Hanks film. I think if you listen to these podcasts, you will get, um, as wonderful as the film is, you will get a deeper, richer understanding of the challenges of uh, bringing these astronauts home after that Apollo 13 mission went haywire. And you learn about problems that they had to face that, aren't even in the movie because after I had listened to all the podcasts um, I did watch the movie and enjoyed it quite a bit it's a it's a good movie it's uh, aged well but they skip over like half of the stuff that the astronauts had to deal with so I really found these podcasts engrossing it's really just this guy Brady Haywood talking about what was happening and just sort of going it's a TikTok account of what was going on. And there's some original audio in there, but not a, not a ton. It's really just him telling the story. And I was spellbound by it. It's the Brady Haywood podcast. You can find it wherever your podcasts are found. Uh, And it's a five part series about Apollo 13. Highly recommended. That'll do it for this week's edition of pop mom. Mom and I will be back next week to talk about more pop culture. You know, what should we talk about mom though? How about something interesting? Okay, that'll work. That'll work. So something interesting. Tune in for that next week. Thanks for listening. If you enjoy the show, tell your friends. Leave us a review on the iTunes. Apparently four people did that in the last week. That was nice of you. Very Uh, nice. We love you for it. We love you for listening. Mom and I will talk to you again next week. Bye for now, Mom. Bye, Johnny. I love you. Love you too.